everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the High Sensitivity Podcast. In this podcast, we share reviews and opinions on games and movies we've watched over the week. My name is Barry. My name is Craig. And before we get into our first segment, which is always the news, which there is a ton of, mm-hmm. uh, we just wanted to apologize for not posting last week, as we ran into an error with recording on my part, and the entire episode was pre- pretty much lost. It was a good so, one, too, and it'll just be yeah. lost forever. Yeah, I, I had I had good feels on that one. That one yep. was going to send us into the stratosphere of podcasting. <laughs> it was. That was the one that would make us famous. Yeah, but instead, we're just going to have to deal with what we have now here. Yep. And we'll try to send us to the stratosphere with this one. Okay. All right. For news, as the PlayStation guy, I will announce that uh, PlayStation uh, showed off the PS5 and the games that it uh, is the games that are going to be coming out for it, not what's going to be released day. So right. for the games, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, which is an uncharted, uncharted lost legacy type of release. It's not like a full game. Like the original Spider-Man was that we got last year. This was quite the uh, story though. The past couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and- people saying there was a person who had a little, uh, news note out there that he had said it was an expansion and then they had to walk that back and be like no 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 this is its own standalone game that you buy but it's not a full game so i don't even think we know exactly what this is but probably like a uncharted lost legacy maybe like a 10 to 20 hour thing yeah it it has to be we when spider-man first came out and then which was only really i think about a year ago Mm mm-hmm the turnaround time in order to release another full Spider-Man Miles Morales game, like that's just way too soon. And the, the Peter Parker we have now storyline is not wrapped up yet. So right, I'm interested to see if whether or not after they come out with Spider-Man two, whether or not then they go to Miles Morales, because that's what eventually looks like is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they got all that. They got all that uh, heat, if you will, from Into the Spider-Verse, the movie. So everybody loves Miles Morales now. So it just makes sense to kind of pivot towards that character anyway. Yeah, he is my favorite Spider-Man because he is Latino. And I represent (laughs) Latinos. I try to represent Latinos whenever I can. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited for this game. And I've uh, hopefully it's great. And it should be a launch title. They said holiday. I'm just assuming it'll come out when the console comes out. Yeah, either that or maybe they decide to put it like, okay, here's, you know, the big release a month later, a month after the console comes out. Right. But but who knows? We also have Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. Which does not have a release date. It did not, but uh, it it looks like to continue on Horizon, and it makes me want to play the first one Mm -hmm. if I ever get to it. I'll get to that (laughs) in a minute. Uh, They showed off footage for Resident Evil Village, which is technically Resident Evil 8. Yes, which it it looks great. It looks uh, it looks like a big stray off from the two remakes they've been making with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remake. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think that's the one I'm most excited for out of all of them. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I just have such a soft spot for Resident Evil 7. So them doing another style, you know, like the first person horror game. I love the remakes like we had talked about Resident Evil 3 remake. But this one, I think, is what so far out of everything both consoles have shown is the one I'm most excited for. Yeah. Uh, and then just two other games that I remembered that they in, that they showed off stuff for was I'm really interested in Kenna and the Bridge of Spirits. Mm-hmm. 
it looks like uh, a cool open world game with some interesting Pikmin type creatures that are really adorable and cute. Yeah. And Stray, which is the cat game. Uh, and <laughs> that cat game and robot. Has, I have no answers. For, I have only <laughs> questions for that game is yep. what I have. I have no idea what it is. So many questions, but I think it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in seeing our full reactions, we do have a Twitch channel at High Sensitivity Gaming where we streamed both of our reactions. Mm-hmm. And it was our first time doing a stream with both of us there, and it came out quite nicely. I was very happy with that stream, and we didn't run into any problems, which was pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time, too. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, and then, uh, so for me, they announced Kingdom Hearts Melodies of Memory, which is a rhythm-based mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts game. And as the Kingdom Hearts guy, I am very excited for this. Mm-hmm. It, two, two things that you love together in one game. I know. <laughs> rhythm games, and yep. we'll get to rhythm games and games I've played this week, and uh, and Kingdom Hearts. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. They did mention that this game is going to have like over 140 songs, so it is most likely the entire series of of games whether it's kingdom hearts one two three and all the other spinoffs that were in between there and they this game is going to have to do is going to do something with the events after kingdom hearts three this is like an actual mainline game that is actually going to provide some sort of plot (laughs) whether or not it makes sense remains to be seen makes sense to you (laughs) regular people me as a dumb uh, dumb high iq kingdom hearts player <laughs> it all makes sense to me no matter what we'll just have to have a separate podcast when that game comes out so you can explain what exactly it means we that, that could be a three-hour podcast if you really <laughs> wanted it to could. be or longer <laughs> <laughs> and there's just a bunch of other games coming out as well and i'm just going to go over some of the ones that i really am looking forward to uh mm-hmm. for this and then craig will go into some of the other games that he's probably looking forward to or has opinions on yeah pokemon snap for switch was announced today really oh, excited oh. for that and i've like that game and i'm just seeing it now if based on the span between the last pokemon snap 64 and then this pokemon snap like i'm gonna keep this game even if i stop playing it just because who knows when the next time something like this is gonna come out yeah it almost like i watched the trailer again not too long like a couple minutes ago and it it almost makes it seem like this is the first game on like i I was reading or listening to like their announcement thing and i know it has like the new pokemon in it but the way he was talking about it almost made it look like it was uh almost a remake like a reimagining i guess which is yeah and yeah and this is gonna sell like gangbusters yeah uh pokemon anything they do right now and anything they make is pretty much gold even if it's only okay uh but pokemon snap i'm excited for and the fact that they're finally doing something and the fact that it's coming to the switch and it's not some weird mobile game which is what pokemon seems to be doing a lot of lately Mm -hmm. is big steps for me i'm very happy with pokemon at the moment yeah i've been yelling for a pokemon snap for years so this is good news yeah uh, the next game for me is going to be PGA Tour 2K21. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a big golf fan. I love golf. And video gaming golf with my friends is pretty fun, especially when I like to golf and my friends that also like to golf are pretty much on the other side of the state uh-huh. for me. So I don't get to golf with them very often. So I'm just going to be able to golf over 
PS5 or PS4 and drink beer while golfing. So it's <laughs> it's fun for me. It's something I, I, I'm going to enjoy. I'll say what, what makes me nervous about this game is like, I love the Tiger Woods PGA Tour games. Like I played so much of those online and before even they were online. Um, did you play Golf Club? I did play a little bit of golf okay. club. Yeah, I, I've given that a shot in hopes yeah. that it rekindles my love for it, but it never does. <laughs> right. And the issue I had is when they first announced this, I was like, all right, we're, we're going back to the obviously it's not called Tiger Woods anymore, but going back to that style is what I've wanted. But this is the people who made golf club and golf club for me. I just could never get into for whatever reason. Just didn't have that same appeal. I don't I think it, the, the old ones were a good mix of, you know, realistic and also slightly cartoon yeah arcadey yeah. and i i never got that with golf club so i'm i am excited for this game i'm just a little bit nervous i want that yeah. fun back yeah the whole the whole part of the game where it's like tracking how you bring the stick the thumbstick back and then forward in a golf swing i remember the tiger woods like pga tour i think like 2008 mm -hmm. and the game never tracked that but when you hit like a monster ball like you'd get replays of you smacking yep. the ball five times <laughs> yep. before it finally went through and like i want that again i just want yeah even if, I, you, I, if they give you the ability to go back to the old style where like you pull the analog stick back and you're like mashing the a or x button and then exactly. you push it forward that's what i want i don't want the like depending on how perfect I push back and pull is what you get. I don't want that. I don't know. Just give me both options and I'll be happy. Yeah. I th and that's probably pretty easy to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But what do I know? I'm not a, I'm not a game developer. And then you mash it while it's at the balls in the air to get spin on it. Oh, I remember. I remember when I would mash the heck out of that thing to get the extra <laughs> like three yards of yep. roll. Yep. Man, I want that back. <laughs> <laughs> um then for me it's also going to be uh ratchet and clank a rift apart i'm really yep. looking forward to that and it looks like to be the big kind of demo for uh ps5 when it comes to loading into new worlds like just like with a snap of your fingers it looks to be the pinnacle of like okay this is what this console can do mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm interested to see where the story goes i i used to be a big fan of ratchet and clank and then i kind of fell off when they during the ps3 era i believe they only made one game during that time or two yeah and to see it come back i now you know bought the ratchet and clank game thanks to the days of play sale which ends and today. My, yeah <laughs> and i'm finding myself enjoying it still uh it's still a fun game and i just hope that i hope that this is a launch title and it, it should be because it's going to show off what this console can do and i think in a pretty good way yeah True. I'm excited for that one too. That one was on like my list of games that were announced on the PS for the PS five. That was near the top for me. Yeah. It looks really cool. And then the last one I have for me is going to be, they released the gameplay trailer for Scarlet Nexus, that anime game that was shown <laughs> yep. off during the Xbox conference. Uh, it's everything I expect. And though I am getting a bit of like mixed messaging with the game the game is coming to ps5 and ps4 as well mm -hmm. but whenever they show off the game it only has the xbox logo on it so i'm not sure if this is some marketing thing that xbox has to like only show it coming out right for the xbox but it is coming out for playstation which is where most likely i will be playing this game because usually my my playstation is more for the single player experience because i'm an elitist <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> Yeah, I think it's kind of like the 
them showing Resident Evil on the PS5, like I would assume that's going to come to both consoles as well. But they probably have some sort of maybe exclusive DLC or some maybe it's a timed release or something like that. Who knows? But yeah, I would assume that is coming to both as well. Yeah. And I know I've been talking for a while, Craig. So do you have any games that you want to kind of spit out? And... Um, I mean, as far as the PS5 release went, the big ones for me were obviously Resident Evil, Ratchet and Clank, and then uh, Pragmata, the Capcom yeah. one, which we know nothing about at all. But it did kind of give me like a... Uh, I think we both said on the stream, we thought it was a Death Stranding type game. Yeah. Um, it had a little, yeah. bit of a, a little bit of a Dead Space feel. Um, but I, I'm really excited to see what that game is it, because I'm still kind of, they definitely, the PS5, uh, showcase definitely had more games than the Xbox one did that I was interested in, but I'm still not like completely made up my mind on which one I'm going to get at launch just because there hasn't been anything yet that like jumps out at me. That's like, Hey, this is the one I need to play on launch day. Um, at first I, I thought it was going to be Spider-Man, but if it's not like a full game, it makes me hesitate a little bit. So, yeah. but again, we were talking about this, not on the podcast, but I don't know how, how big of a halo fan I am anymore. So even if, you know, the halo, that's their big, you know, launch release. I don't know if that's enough for me to want to choose that console either, but Ratchet and Clank looked really good, really good. Um, that, I think that was the only one that kind of gave me like the next gen feel. Um, there's like, oh, okay, this is what next gen games are going to look like, like going between dimensions super fast and using that fast load time. This is what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only other ones that I was interested in there. You, you touched on Pokemon Snap, which I was super excited for. And then, you know, obviously all the other PS5 games for now. But yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, the only other piece of news which I felt was worth talking about mm -hmm. is Star Citizen, the publicly funded game uh, has now reached over $363 million <laughs> in funding secured for the game. It now takes the place of GTA five and call of duty modern warfare two as the two most kind of expensive games that we know of to produce. And a little interesting fact on top of that is that Avengers end games to produce. This was only to produce took $356 million <laughs> Star Citizen has secured more funding That's than Avengers Endgame took to produce. <laughs> I I still I said this years ago, but I still don't think this game's ever coming out. Honestly, it's been in development for how long now? I don't even know years, and I just don't see it ever coming out. They always say it's close, but and I'm also not super super interested in this game. But it's crazy the amount of money they've been able to get. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy to me to think that this game has to eventually come out because if it doesn't, then I imagine lawsuits right. would, would entail because the game, the game would probably come out even in a stupid broken state. Yep. Even if the game is barely playable, they would still release it in order to avoid getting sued. But, <laughs> you know, they've, they've talked up and they've secured funding because they keep giving out like sh spaceships in game right. that allow pe that will allow you to know, have a head start or the super powerful spaceship when you're out exploring the galaxies in a game that you've never played yet. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing to me. And when I heard it was made more than produced to Avengers Endgame, like that's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That, that's big money and star citizen. I'm not that big of 
I'm not that big into this game either. I haven't put my own money forward up to it. Mm-hmm. But if this game doesn't get, you know, a 10 out of 10 on every single, you know, rating. And and the fact that when they release that game, right. if it rates good, people are going to buy it. And therefore, they're just going to get more money. It's just nuts. It's absolutely insane to me that this whole storyline with Star Citizen. But uh, if you want my professional opinion, don't put any money toward this game. It's just stop. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. I think this is the the textbook definition of a pay to win game it feels like yeah <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy the amount of money that people are dumping into it and like we haven't i know they've shown stuff for it but like they have given no timetable as far as when it's going to be out yeah i don't know i guess if you really want to spend your money on it go ahead i guess i don't know <laughs> more power to you yeah but it's even then just like just stop giving it money until it actually comes out Mm-hmm. These develop like whoever's developing this game is just kind of just taking your money and running away with it. You're giving people you're giving money to people who you don't know is going to actually deliver on a product. There's no so, way the game costs this much money to make either. Absolutely no way. Yeah, they're just spending it on booze and, you know, uh, <laughs> three, 30, 300 million dollar cars. Yep, exactly. Crazy. But I, I am interested to see what a final uh version of this game is yeah and at some point i think this is going to be the better meme for like whenever the game eventually comes out like between the gap between kingdom hearts 2 and 3 was (laughs) yeah so yeah it would be nice if star citizen could take that from uh from me i don't think kingdom hearts will always have that you can't get yeah i know know. (laughs) all right any other good news uh no not really uh if that's it for news. There's no yeah. bad news really here. Yeah, nothing got delayed for once, which is nice. We're two days away from The Last of Us, so that's exciting. Yep, I am about to lose my life to it. Yep. Uh, that, that's for sure. And we will, I am going to say, we are going to be doing like an entirely separate podcast probably for our thoughts and opinions on The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really considering just maybe try, maybe trying to not fully replay the remaster, but just getting back into it so I get the idea of what the game was and start to jog up some memories maybe so I have a better idea of what I'm walking into. I've thought I'm about that too. so many times. I'm just nervous to start it and then like kind of burn myself out before it even comes out. So I've just yeah. kind of stayed away from it for now. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So we'll see if I add that in my games to play from uh, for next week's podcast. But with that segue, we're going to talk about the games we did play mm-hmm. uh, this week. And well, <laughs> I have a problem. You you have a problem, and you passed it on to me. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> but Craig and I have both been playing a rhythm based uh, game uh, with like keyboard and mouse, and it's called Osu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for for anybody out there it's it's a really i think it's a really cool rhythm game but it's super anime it's super japanese it's there are some american songs you can find mm-hmm. and i think you could probably get a decent amount of playtime through it but there's a ton of electronic music talk tons of like japanese k-pop or or sorry korean pop music as well so that that's what this game is, but the uh, the the playing and trying to hit the notes on time is just really addictive. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a problem we have, and we definitely have played too much over the past couple of days. Yeah, I feel like that's all I've been playing. I think what works so well is like, I think I was huge into uh, DDR 
back in the day, like first when I first saw it at a uh, amusement park and I played it and I was hooked and then I ended up buying it in a mat for the PlayStation one. Um, and then I bought one for the PS two, but I think the ability to download songs for Osu and literally being able to find almost anything that's, you know what I mean? Like I was just trying, I was typing in different artists that I listened to and nine times out of 10, there was something there from them. So even yeah. though there is a ton of anime and like, electronic music there's a lot of other stuff too um that you can find pretty much any type of music that you like and use it in this game and i think that's what makes it so much fun for me because it is a frustratingly hard game to figure out so yeah yeah and we're both kind of starting in the normal and getting into the harder ranges Mm -hmm. but i think the best thing about this game too is that it's free for the most part right uh you can give them a certain amount of money monthly or you can pay and i did do a little bit of research you can pay like a a four dollar fee one-time fee and it gives you some of the leaderboards and some of the supporting badges you know say you supported the game okay but the fact that it's free is kind of ridiculous then the and i think what makes this game is the community into where you know anybody can make their own beat maps is what they're called Mm-hmm. and I'm putting air quotes as if you guys can see me <laughs> doing that, but air quotes around beat maps. Uh, but that's that's what the game has to offer, and the community has just really been supporting this game ever since it has come out. Like, And as far as I can go back, you know, people have been talking about this game since 2017. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a new game, but it's a, it's a game where you can get into it without having to pay a dime, and I think that says a lot to the... Uh, to the creators and the community and just, you know, and and just the fact that it's another rhythm game, which for me and Craig, who both like rhythm games, Mm -hmm. we really don't get enough of them anymore. Nothing like rock band or guitar hero or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And to me, nothing will take the place of a a rock band or a guitar hero, like actually holding a guitar or playing drums. Like that's a much better feel than using your mouse and keyboard here, but it's still kind of hitting that same itch for me. And, Again, like I said, like finding songs that you know makes it that much more enjoyable. That's the same thing with Rock Band, where you're constantly, I'm constantly downloading and buying songs for that. Um, it's just this makes it easier because it's free. You can just download whatever you want, pretty much. Yeah. So it, I would maybe not be as much into it if I had to pay for every song. But the fact that I can get all these songs and be like, oh, I'm going to try this one. And then, you, you know, two hours later and 80 attempts later, you're still trying to beat it. Is that that pretty much sums it up? Your night is just gone, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, the game the game can take can take you away if you're not careful. Yep, and give you carpal tunnel too. Yeah, make sure you're playing with like a with like the wrist pad stuff. Because let mm-hmm. me tell you, like my my fingers after pressing the Z and X key on my keyboard for two hours start to definitely cramp up a little bit. Yep, I always have to find like the sweet spot for my hands to rest so that I don't get that arm fatigue. It's crazy. But I think, too, being able to play, I mean, their version of multiplayer, you can have everybody playing the same song. And even though you don't see them playing it, you can see their score going up. It's kind of cool. It's a nice little touch. Yeah, and it just makes it that much a little bit more competitive, too. Mm -hmm. And the the fact that you know, and the fact that we're on the same level makes it fun because sometimes we go back and forth with our score and I can see it out of the corner of my eye us fighting for to see who's going to win. And it, it it is a fun little experience. And if you're looking for a rhythm game and you have a 
I'm pretty sure almost any computer could run it. I would if, think if so. You really yeah. wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, it's not super intensive. It's literally just uh, numbers on a screen and like paths for you to follow with your mouse. And then you can have backgrounds like the people who make the maps for it put backgrounds in there, but you don't have to download them if you don't want to, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you even download like some of the uh, like video versions of it. Like you right. can be playing an opening of an anime and the anime opening is playing along with the with the beat map. I don't yeah. download those because they're way too distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the amount of customizability when it comes to how you want to play is really up to you. It's it's really adaptive to how anybody can play. Yeah, I think everybody should check it out. As if you have any type of computer or laptop, you can run it and it's not going to cost you anything. So if you're into any type of rhythm games, it's definitely worth checking out and you will be hooked. So be prepared. Yeah. And who knows if, if we get enough people into this, we're making the high sensitivity Osu gaming uh, championship. (laughs) There we go. I don't Uh, know if I can handle the rejection on that one though. Uh, I, I think it'd be fun to find and and there's definitely if somebody were to find us and they're probably a pro player I can't wait to get smacked it'd be fun <laughs> true true <laughs> did you did you uh, attempt any other games this week besides that yeah I do have a couple that I okay. wanted to mention uh, Apex Legends for me I'm not sure how many times I've mentioned it on the podcast but I'm, I'm still having fun with it mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just, it's a better battle royale for me, and I'm, it's just fun. And then I did want to mention too, I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I try to get a couple hours in every week, but it is really getting difficult to get through this game. Really? Uh, yeah the the game likes to level up with you, so no matter if you're doing a story mission or not or anything like that, it tries to stay on a similar level that you're on. And for me, I've been doing all these side missions. I feel like I should be super OP by now, but mm-hmm. I'm not. Hmm. So I'm starting to get to the point where it's it's just the same thing. I'm going I'm going to assassinate this person, and then I'm doing this, and then I find another side mission, and I do the side mission where I either have to decide if I want to fight the person or pay them uh, money, which my dude has like endless pockets of cash, so I just pay them. <laughs> so it's... This is the problem with some of these really, really long type games, and I think this is why Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they mentioned, is going to be a smaller Mm -hmm. area to play in because this this game's area is huge, and I'm it's at this point I'm starting to get to the point where I'm just like, okay, now I got to sail, you know, another five minutes over to this place, and I have to, you know, look at my phone while I'm doing it, and all this other type of stuff. I really want to finish this game and I really want to get into the DLC, mm-hmm. but it, it uh, it's the game is starting to show it's, it's wear and tear on me and it, and I'm not enjoying it as much anymore. So you need to just start doing all the main missions and forget all the side ones then maybe. I think, I think so. It's just a matter of whether or not I have to be a certain level to start the DLC stuff. Oh, okay. So it's, 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 I'm going to run into that, and I guess all I can do is just hope that I'm... I think I'm getting close to the end of the game, but I want to I want to get a good ending, so I have to do all this other stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what always happens with me with Assassin's Creed games. I always start off strong, and then there comes a point where I just... It, I hit a wall. I think, too, we've hit the point where, for years, it was always about making the maps bigger and bigger and bigger, like that was a big thing with uh, GTA for a while. Like every GTA that came out, the maps 
you know, twice as big or four times as big, even the Red Dead Redemption 2 when that came out, they're like, oh, this map is even bigger. And I think we've hit our limit as far as what we want to do. And we're like, all right, can we go back to more smaller, confined, you know, tighter games, please? Yeah. <laughs> Not all of us want to spend 80 hours on one game. Yeah. So Not all of us have the time to. Right. Attention, attention spans are so limited now that gaming is really one of the only things that could grab somebody's attention for more than 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during its entire lifespan of beings uh, of existing. So I think at some point, you know, like everything else, when you put 80 hours into every game you're playing, you know, you just start to get burned out and maybe I'm starting to get burned out of Odyssey. Yeah. I mean, we had talked about um, Resident Evil three being a good length because it was like five hours and that was nice to play and just kind of be done with. I think in general, that's probably too short, right? I think they're the last of us they're saying is like a what 25 to 30 hour game. Yeah. Um, which to me is, you know, that's a little long, but you know, that's not terrible. But I think once you get over like 40 hours, if it's not an RPG, I don't know that I have the time or interest for that anymore. And I, I mean, I am older and I'm not the younger demographic who has endless amounts of time. Like, you know, we have jobs, I have a family. So my playtime is not what it was when I was, you know, in high school when I, when I could play 15 hours a day. So, you know. I, I just yeah. need a shorter experience. Yeah, and one of the things I did want to mention, I think the big like I think the big difference between something like Odyssey and The Last of Us Two is that I'm not worried about The Last of Us Two having five you know, hundred and fifty different side quests I have to do. Yeah. At least it seems like with the new uh Last of Us is that, you know, you're you go kind of on a mission by mission basis, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And you're at least making progress in the story, no matter what you're doing, which is which is something that you know that is supposed to keep the player engaged, compared to side quests in most games, which have nothing to do with the main quest, and is a completely other separate thing on its own. Yeah, so. I mean, side quests have always been filler. They're there so that they can say, you know, our game is a sixty-hour game, where in reality it's you know twenty-five if you just do the mainline stuff, but. Or at least for me, it's very hard for me to play a game and leave the side quests and not do them. Like, I just see it on the map and I'm like, oh, I got to clear that off. Even if it's something stupid that doesn't matter. Like, even with Final Fantasy, like, some of those side quests are like, kill these rats. I don't need to do that, but it's on my list, so I have to. So if you give me a game that has 100 side quests, I'm going to do them, but I'm going to reach the point where I'm going to burn out and then I just never finish the game, which is a bummer. That's what happened the first time I tried to get through Horizon Zero Dawn. I just reached that point where I was like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's such a bummer because everybody says the ending is great, but I just never got to see it because I just got overwhelmed by side quests. Yeah. Which, I, like you said, with The Last of Us, it does seem like even though it's a longer game than the first one, it's very linear, which is good. So just give me give me that. (laughs) Yeah. Take the choice out of my hands. I don't need all the choices anymore. (laughs) Or don't give me so many side quests. You can put side quests in there, but we don't need them to pad out a story. Give me a 20 hour story, maybe 25 with side quests and you're good. That's still worth $60 to me. Yeah. So and and it's in very few games like, you know, and I keep mentioning it like Persona 5 Royal Mm -hmm. are, you know, going to be able to keep me tied up for 100 plus hours and. Right. Yeah, you know, there, there are certain times when those games are really good and a lot of fun, but there are other times when these games are just more of a drag. 
Yeah, agreed. But that's, that's my that's rant what, over. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my that was my games that I played for the week. So okay. You are more than welcome to go ahead and. All right, I have a couple here. So um, I did get to try out a uh, a beta for the game Session, which is a skateboarding game. Uh, not to be confused with Skater XL, which is coming out in July, but almost identical that these two games are. Um, Session, I was trying to check and I couldn't get definitive answer. There was a game on PlayStation 1 back in the day, and I'm pretty sure it was called Session, or it might have been called Grind Session. I don't remember. But um, I'm pretty sure the logo on that and the logo on this new one are the same. So it might be, you know, within the same, I guess, skateboarding universe. Um, okay. But it does have the same control scheme as Skater XL that's already out on PC and is coming to consoles next month, where, you know, the left analog stick is your left foot and the right analog stick is your right foot. Um, so you have to, you know, push down on the left stick and push uh, right on the right stick to do a kickflip. Your uh, two buttons on your controller are push with your left foot, push with your right foot. And it's pretty much just kind of go from there. Um, this beta was pretty pretty bare bones there's no missions it just kind of dropped you in i was like hey just go skate around and get a feel for how the game handles and just like they had said with skater xl like this is something that takes a little bit of time to get used to especially if you're used to like uh, skate or tony hawk um it takes a little bit of time you know retraining your brain on how to do tricks if you're so used to how skate used to be just flicking at an angle you have to yeah. remember like oh i gotta hold this one down and then if my board gets turning around, so I'm facing the other way, now I got to hold the right analog stick down first and then do the direction on the left analog stick if I'm going, if I'm facing fakie or if I'm goofy or, or nolly or whatever. So it's a lot to remember. Um, once you get used to it, though, it does feel good. But there's, and again, this is an early build. Um, it just doesn't feel quite right for me yet. I, it felt like, trying to grind something and aim on a rail was next to impossible. And it doesn't like, I feel like it needs a little bit of a, like kind of suck you in a little bit. Cause if you're not dead on when you're aiming at the rail, even if you're off just a tiny, tiny bit, which I know is realistic, you just automatically bail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could hit like you hit like the smallest lip on a, on a curb or something and you fall. Um, so, which in real life you would stop, but you're not going to face plant like you do every time. Um, <laughs> I had quite a few times where like when I would bail and he would get back on his board, I wouldn't be able to move. It would just be kind of stuck. And then I'd have to like pause and reset my character. Um, so there's some stuff that they need to work out. And obviously this game isn't out yet, so they have time. So it's not a bad game. I'm, I'm real excited for skater XL. Cause it seems like that's what, at least from the PC side, because I haven't played it on PC. People really, really seem to like it. And this one's trying to compete with it. So I think it's got some work to do. I like the idea of going towards this type of control scheme because we're going to have a Tony Hawk remastered in a couple months. That's the older style of control scheme if you want that. This is just your more, I guess, realistic approach to it where you're not going to be able to just pull off 900s all the all over the place um you actually have to think about what tricks you're doing and line up your tricks and you know line up your lines so you know like in your head i want to hit this and go to this table and then hit this rail you have to plan all that out what you're going to do with your analog sticks ahead of time so that's kind of cool it puts a little bit of more depth into it but it definitely needs some work and 
for those who want to try it, you can download the uh, beta on Xbox through the store. You just have to type in session. It's just a okay. two hour beta. So they give you two hours to kind of play with it. And then once your two hours is up, it's done. Um, so definitely check it out if you want to see what it's like. Get you an idea. Um, I'm definitely going to buy a Skater XL when it comes out. This one, probably not. But we'll see. It could get better. Okay. Um, and then the other one was I did start playing Clubhouse games on the Switch. So yes. this one is uh, this is a hot one, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. I think a, a lot of people were excited about this because it reminds me of, you know, the games you used to be able to get on your DS or your 3DS. Um, this is a good time waster for me. I've been playing this pretty much every night in bed before I go to sleep. There's so many games on here. Um, there's, I mean, it's on the box, right? Don't they put, it's like 51 or 52. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I think I, it, it's either one of the two. I know it's in the low 50s. Right. Um, but there's so many games and most of them I have an idea or I've played them before, but they do such a good job of every time you pick one, it gives you a short video on how to play. And then each one gives you like, hey, beat this one on beginner, intermediate, expert, and then impossible. Like, so you can kind of get better at the games. Um, I've been playing like they have chess, uh, backgammon, checkers. They even have like bowling and air hockey. Uh, there's so many games on here. Connect 4, it's not called Connect 4, but there's just so many games. And then also I found that like they have Spider Solitaire on there, which to me is perfect when you're laying oh in bed you know I what like i mean like hours to that right that's what i mean like those are the games spider solitaire was the one i used to play on the ds like all the time so having that again is pretty cool i enjoy um been playing some with uh, my kid and the good thing is you can do like a multiplayer mode where you just kind of lay the switch in between the two of you and it's just all touch based so you know playing air hockey and all that kind of stuff is really cool so this game is a uh, definitely worth it for me um you know i think pretty much everybody should probably pick this up i know it's been selling well uh it's just man there's so many games there's something for everybody here and again all they if they would have just put spider solitaire on the front of the box it would have been an automatic buy for me anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's so many games too that i've tried that i've never played before that i'm like man these games are really good the games look good um i've only played it handheld because i'm pretty sure that's probably how you should play it but they all look really really good even on the you know what is that 720p screen on a switch yeah wait till we get the 4k portable <laughs> screen on the switch, bro. but yeah this is definitely worth i think it's 60 bucks i think yeah it is okay definitely worth it um it's something that you can play for a while you know a lot of these games are probably games you could play on your phone as well but it's just nice having them all in one package here so definitely buy it it's a definite buy for me. So but those are the only two games I've been playing. Yeah. And especially because, especially because the games that you can get them on mobile for usually have to come with some sort of ad. Right. In this game, you know, you're buying a, a whole 50 something odd games. Right. And you don't have to worry about it asking you for your money every five minutes <laughs> or every other game or having enough energy to spend in order to be able to match three or something like that. Right. So it, it it is nice that the Switch is a really pretty portable console, and mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to play these games that are pretty portable to begin with, and not have to worry about having you know, hey, buy this to you know unlock the pro version where there's no ad. So. <laughs> right, yeah, and even like just going through all the games when you first get it, 
being like, man, look at this game. And then going and be like, oh, that's just that's literally just Wii Bowling. They just brought Wii Bowling over to the Switch, you know, and like it's just cool seeing all those games because I don't know how many hours I lost to Wii Bowling when I first bought my Wii way back in the day. And I think everybody's parents played that game as well at some point. Yeah. And I haven't played that one in docked mode, but I know you can with holding the remote in your hand and then you literally are playing Wii Bowling again. So that's pretty cool. So definitely check it out. All that, right. So those that's are the two be, I played. Yep. Yeah, those are going to be our games for the week. We're now going to get into movies, which uh, I talked, unfortunately, in the lost episode. I went mm-hmm. on a big thing about uh, 13's Reasons Why. <laughs> you did. And the final season. But I'm going to keep that shorter, and I'm going to add the fact that I watched The King of Staten Island. Okay. Uh, it is a pretty much an autobiography in in a lot of ways to pete davidson who is a comedic on saturday night live and a stand-up comedian as well he plays the father sorry he plays the character scott who lost his father at an early age and is now in his early 20s trying to figure out you know his life and is still dealing with the pain of losing his father Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a drama slash comedy type film where there are other characters playing in it, like uh, Tom Holland's mom, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man mom, uh, Marissa Tomei is in this, comedian Bill Burr. Uh, the, the movie overall is pretty funny. I did enjoy this movie. There's a decent amount of dark humor, which I enjoy, uh, in the fact that Pete Davidson's character uses comedy as a shield in order to protect himself which Pete Davidson himself has said that that's what he used to do mm-hmm. when he was younger. And this kind of made me a fan of Pete Davidson because he's he acts his butt off in this movie, and he's really good at it. <laughs> um, but because this movie hits so close to home to Pete Davidson, maybe that's why he did such a good job of acting. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of backstory. Pete Davidson lost his father during uh, 9-11. Mm-hmm. So that's why this film is such a personal endeavor for him. And the movie is probably a little bit longer than I think it should be. Uh, it rolls in, I think, at about two hours and 40, 30 minutes or something like that. That's a long uh, comedy. Yeah, and and it definitely drags on in some sections. And it usually tries to pick up somewhere else where... The trailers all try to tell you that this movie is kind of like, oh, he finds himself and then, you know, he it's pretty easy. There's a big chunk of this movie where it's of uh, Pete Davidson's characters just kind of in the crap. And, you know, it, it constantly is trying to make you feel bad about, you know, the fact that he's so messed up and how everybody's kind of slowly pushing themselves out of his life. And he's like, well, you know, do I technically deserve this in a way? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good movie. Uh, I, I would definitely say it's a, you know what? I'm going to say it's a buy, but only because, and I'm going to make this clear. I had to pay 20 bucks yep. to stream this movie off of the, like the Google store. And it's not like I'm splitting it up with you, Craig, you know, right. you weren't coming over to watch the movie. It was just me spending $20 and that's twice the, amount of a movie ticket right a lot of ways Uh, for me i could have if i wasn't so interested in this movie i would have just waited to own it once it came out for five bucks more Mm -hmm. and if i wanted the 4k version i would have just gotten it for 30 bucks and been able to watch it as many times as i want but that's not what happened with this one i 
<laughs> um, is it the is it the same with you, Craig? Like, are you having to pay twenty dollars to watch these industry, yeah. these movies that are coming out? Yeah, twenty twenty dollars has been like kind of the standard now. Um, for the you know watch at home, like it was twenty dollars for Trolls. I'm trying to think what the other movies were. There was a couple, but that's kind of been the standard. And I think they're kind of looking at it as like a, you know, well, if a family goes to a movie theater, at least in the case of trolls, you're going to spend more than $20. Like I, on average, when the theaters were open for the three of us to go was spending about probably when you factor in food, probably about 40 bucks. Yeah. So to me, it doesn't seem as bad, but you know, I, for somebody like you, where you can go to the movie theater for 10 bucks, um, 20 is a little steep, but they're trying to make back their money from what they would have made in a movie theater because they're thinking the average person is going to be watching this with more than one person. So $20 is probably, it's probably a good price, but it does seem a little steep when you first look at it. Well, I'm a loner. So yeah. I need, I, I, I definitely think if you're the kind of person and I, this is what I kind of am not the biggest fan of. If, movie if movie theaters are to die you know in a lot of ways people are expecting them to because of the whole covid thing Mm -hmm. like unless i can get a bunch of friends over to watch a movie paying 20 bucks for this isn't going to be worth it for me right i'm gonna have to you know wait unless the movie is something i have to see and have to watch i'm gonna wait because 20 dollars that in a lot of ways that's one third of a video game and usually a video game is longer than two two yeah. hours and 40 minutes true i mean this could end up being if this were to become the new norm it'd kind of be like how it used to be with pay-per-view where you would just get a bunch of people over and everybody pitches in um i know that used to be a thing with like wrestling pay-per-views i know some people do it with ufc pay-per-views um yeah. or big boxing matches right yeah you just uh well i mean those pay-per-views were more expensive they were like some of them are like 100 bucks um, and you just split the price. So I think that's ever, you know, most people's mindset, but I guess we're going to wait and see what happens because I think tenant tenant comes out, uh, in July and that's going to be in movie theaters. And that's the first big movie I know of. That's going to be in movie theaters again. I know they're re-releasing inception beforehand in movie theaters, yeah. but, um, I like, I'm excited to see tenant. And I'll probably end up going to the movie theater. It'll just be interesting to see what's that, what that is like. Like if you go in a mask and sit there for two hours watching a movie with a mask on, which for, you know, for us is not a problem because we wear masks all day at work, but some people may not want to do that. So you might get less people who want to go to the movie theater unless they don't make it mandatory to wear a mask. And if they don't, I mean, you're also eating, so you can't have it on all the time, but that's, I'm kind of waiting to see how that goes with tenant i probably won't go see it like the first weekend i may wait and try to catch it like in the middle of the week when it's not as busy um just to kind of see what that experience is like because it's interesting how they're gonna handle it um because tenant is the one that christopher nolan you know he said like the these movies that he makes like inception and dunkirk and all those they need to be seen on a big screen first not in your home which is fine i get it um, and at some point we have to go back to a normal of going to a movie theaters. I know I miss it for yeah, sure. I too. Like I, I, it's, it's nice being able to sit at home and watch these movies and not have to deal with people, but I do miss the bigger screen. I miss the movie theater popcorn for sure. Like that stuff's good. <laughs> and it's never the same when you make it at home. Yeah. So 
I'm excited to go back to the movie theater. I think it's time. Right. Yeah. And then for me, uh, I'm going to keep my 13 reasons why final season a lot shorter than it was in the last episode is what I'm going to now <laughs> refer to that it, yep. it has. But the 13 reasons why season, I find it really enjoyable. It lacks the emotional punch of the first season, but uh, it's kind of nice to see a conclusion to all these characters that have definitely been through more than, you know, anybody really should be put through, whether it comes to the first season and the death of a, you know, the death of a friend and then releasing the tapes and finding out all about, you know, the uh, Hannah Baker getting raped and everything like that. There's, you know, the second season, which I'm trying to figure out what I remember about the second season. And I don't remember much. Uh, <laughs> And then the third season with trying to figure out who killed Bryce. And then the fourth season where all of these, you know, where the characters are more, uh, Clay especially, is more haunted by all the decisions he's made. Mm -hmm. And because he's such a main focus of all the three se of all three seasons in the fourth, you know, he starts to go a little bit crazy. He starts to suffer from paranoia and panic attacks. And I think the way they did it, is a really tasteful way and keeps things very interesting. Uh, 13 reasons why if you've got a Netflix subscription, it is good. Watch it. Okay. That's best. That was very concise. I liked it. You know, <laughs> it was the only thing I watched last week because I binged it so fast. So I had yeah. a lot to say about it, but uh, this, this was better. This is for the best. Do you want to um, give your opinion on first season of Westworld? Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> All yeah. right. Now that we're uh, we both watched the first season. Yeah the the first season of Westworld. I, I'm having a lot of fun with Westworld right now. It's mm -hmm. I'm not sure why I never watched it when it first started coming out. Probably because the only thing I could ever think of was Game of Thrones. And why is it Game of Thrones on? And I want more Game of Thrones. <laughs> and so, then it let you down. Yeah. Uh, what I what I will say, and if you haven't watched it, Westworld is about. Uh, I'm going to say it's more a little bit more of a future a futuristic reality mm -hmm. where androids have become so lifelike that they look like and act like real people. It's kind of hard to tell the difference. Right. Uh, even when you're watching the show, it's sometimes hard to tell the difference of who's an android and who's not. Mm -hmm. And the all of the androids serve this park called Westworld where normal or i want to say human people come to visit and they can do whatever they want to this world they can you know shoot they can shoot the androids they can drink they can yep. whore around yep. uh, trying to i mean most uh, the majority of the people who pay to go to this park because it's not cheap so they're the you know the elite of the elite in the world are going there to do all the stuff that they couldn't do in real life which for the most part is just be a horrible human being for the most yeah. part not everybody is but most of them are <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm saying like i wouldn't mind going to a place like this and like going on one of those like hey go hunt this guy down for a bounty i think that'd be fun yeah but yeah most of the people in this show are not good people <laughs> yeah and it's it's fun to see actors like uh james marstead who is uh you know he play he plays a lead role in sonic so it's nice to see him <laughs> In another thing, I, I still only know, know him for Sonic. Yeah, I still <laughs> only know him for Sonic. What about uh, he was in X Men? 
He was Cyclops. Oh, that's right. He is Cyclops. But the thing is, Cyclops has that stupid laser over both of his eyes. You couldn't tell. I just, it's very enjoyable to me that you're the guy from Sonic. That's what he's going to be known as the guy from Sonic. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Not that it's a bad movie, but most people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, the guy who hung out with Sonic. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that helped Sonic. He's cool. <laughs> uh, and, and the fact that in this show, he just constantly gets killed. Yeah, he, he's the punching bag of the he show, is. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like uh, seeing Tessa Thompson. She is in uh, this, and I think she I think she played in Westworld before she got into uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So it's nice to, this is the first thing I, this is the earliest I think I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's nice to see some mainline characters that I'm seeing, and I... I really just like the show right now. I am, I think, two or three episodes into season two, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm still enjoying it. And as long as the show currently has three seasons, and then the fourth they said is going to be the final one. Now, the final one probably isn't going to come out to 2021, unfortunately. Yeah. I was hoping that this uh, that this show was already over so that I could kind of binge it and have a complete, yeah. complete part of it, but I'm not that fortunate. Right. So, uh, if... As long as it ends better than Game of Thrones, I think I'm going to I'm going to have a positive memory with this. this yeah, one. for me, the majority of the show is good. I think some of the episodes tend to go a little I'm long for me as far as getting a little too detailed. Sometimes the show, I think, thinks it's smarter than it is, um, especially some of the writing. But that's just kind of nitpicking for the most part. It's like it's got your futuristic side of it. It's got like a Western feel to it. Um, and then it's got like this overarching thing with the maze, which is kind of cool. Um, there's just a lot going on. They throw a bunch of curveballs at you, whether you see them coming or not, it would be up to you. I didn't see the They're main good one. Curveballs. Yeah, They're I didn't good see good it curveballs. coming. Yeah, that that was definitely. I mean, the first season's been out for a while, so I don't think we're really spoiling anything. If you've watched it, I just won't go super into detail. But somebody turns out being a uh, like a I don't know uh, what do you call them androids? Yeah, I- I'd call them yeah. an android. Yeah, that I totally did not see coming. So that threw me off. Um, but yeah, it's just an enjoyable TV show. Um, it's a good time. I think people should definitely check it out if they haven't already. I think a lot of people do watch this show, um, but you don't hear about it as much as like a Game of Thrones did on an HBO show. So Yeah, and I will say that they they refer to them as hosts. That's right. Yeah. Show. Yeah. So if. Don't be confused by the word Android. They're robots is what they are, but they refer to them as hosts in the in the show. And as a side note, too, if you haven't watched any of it and you're considering it, just know that you should probably be comfortable with a lot of nudity. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> just because, you know, they're constantly. I mean, the main thing is if these people, you know, they get killed or, you know, by the people going into the park, there is a whole section underneath the park where they fix the uh, the hosts. And, you know, they're just down there naked all the time. Uh, yeah. We had talked before, not on the podcast, that like I, there must have been like some sort of waiver for these actors to be like, you must be OK with being naked all the time, doing 75 <laughs> percent of your shoots naked, except for James Marsden. He's the only one pretty much. And, to, and uh, the main girl, you don't really see her. Yeah, you don't really see her that much. But everybody yeah. else, like you're going to be naked most of the time. <laughs> um, did you watch anything else? Nope, those are the things I watched this week. Okay. Um, I watched Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus, and this was a movie that was originally supposed to come out in theaters. 
Uh, it has a bunch of books that have been out for a while. And this was a movie that when the first trailer dropped, when it was still supposed to come into theaters, got a lot of pushback from the people who had read the books that were saying this, uh, you know, you're not following the books at all. This looks horrible. And I know on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's sitting very, very, very low. Um, and it's hard for me to know if that's just people trying to bomb it or what the deal is. Um, I did watch the whole movie and I didn't hate it. Uh, to me, it was enjoyable. It's like an hour and a half. And, you know, it, it was kind of like when I got to the end of the movie, I kind of looked and went, that that's it? Oh, okay, I guess we're done. But obviously, the, they have it set up that they want to make multiple movies. And I think the fact that this ended up being on Disney Plus as a streaming movie and not in movie theaters, they're probably going to have more people watch it than would have went to see it in a theater. So I feel like they'll probably end up making more movies. Just depends whether they put them in theaters or just make this a streaming thing from now on. Um, but yeah, I didn't hate it. I'll, I have not read the book, so I don't have the fondness for it that everybody else does who are just absolutely hating this movie. Um, it's, a, it's a Disney movie. Uh, it's, I think it's, they're kind of trying to make some sort of Harry Potter type franchise for Disney. Uh, this kid has a dad who is considered to be a criminal mastermind. I guess he steals things. Obviously. Yeah. It's Colin Farrell. It's his dad. Um, so, you know, he steals things as far as the real world knows, but what he's actually doing is dealing with this side the the fairy tale side of the world that you don't see so we're talking about fairies and trolls and that kind of stuff um it does have josh gad in it who is olaf if you don't know that the voice of olaf from frozen um the kid is a newcomer i haven't seen him in anything else before and i think he did a pretty good job um you know the, the premise is his dad gets kidnapped and he has to find this artifact um that the main villain wants and you know that's pretty much the premise of the story the crazy thing to me that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit is the whole movie about, you know, 75% of the movie takes place at this kid's house, which is a mansion because they're rich because his dad steals in quotation marks, all these things and makes a ton of money. But yeah. most of it takes place at this house. I mean, they do show like where the fairies live and all that kind of stuff. They show that side. Uh, but, you know, it's all taking place there. And I don't, I know that they had said this got a lot of edits to get it down to an hour and a half. I think originally it was supposed to be quite a bit longer and you can tell. Um, so I wouldn't say this is a fantastic movie, but you know, it left me interested enough to, to want to know what else they're going to do with it and see if they actually make it better. I just don't think it deserves the hate that it's getting right now. And if you have Disney plus you can watch it for free. So I would say definitely check it out. It's, it's an hour and a half. So if you hate it, you're not wasting three hours of your life here. So definitely check it out. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the first episode of Don't uh, came out last week, and I checked that out. I don't, I'm trying to remember if it's on NBC or ABC. Uh, this is a game show that is produced by Ryan Reynolds and okay. is hosted by, I'm forgetting his name. He's from, if you've watched Parks and Rec, he is uh, Leslie Nopes husband i always forget his name but anyway basic concept is you know they have a family on every episode and they do a bunch of game show type things that all involve the world don't uh for instance one was this guy had to walk on a treadmill with a heat lamp on him 
and eat progressively hotter things where the hottest thing he ended up eating at the end was a ghost pepper. And every time he had to eat one and then they would offer him a drink and he would have to say yes or no. And if he said no and kept going, he would make money. Um, that kind of thing. Just a bunch of crazy uh, things they make them do. But what really works for me for this show is Ryan Reynolds, who's, you know, it seems like he's watching these shows from home and recording voiceover. But <laughs> if, you, if you know Ryan Reynolds, you know his type of humor. And it's all over this show where he will just, the voiceovers are just constantly making fun of the contestants, making fun of the host, he even makes fun of the show itself quite a bit, which is hilarious. Um, it's, it was a lot of fun. I really liked it and I'm excited for more episodes here. Uh, so if you haven't seen that out, it's called don't check it out. If you have any type of like streaming service, like Hulu, I think it's on Hulu. Um, so one episode has come out. I think it's every Thursday. So definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. I, I was laughing the whole time, but those are the two things I watched this week. Okay. Yep. Well, uh, that's going to be it for the High Sensitivity Podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you guys for listening. If you're interested in following us, we're available pretty much on any platform. Uh, just look up on that platform, High Sensitivity Gaming. If you look it up on Google, you're going to get a bunch of stuff about monitors and, uh, <laughs> and refresh rates, which I don't know if you're ready for yet. So <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast. Again, we really appreciate it, and we would appreciate, again, if you would follow us on any of the social media stuff or on Twitch yeah. as well. Uh, the Twitch stuff is important, so if you follow up on Twitch, you, uh, we, we double like it. We approve this message. <laughs> yeah, and, and we've been noticing a steady stream of people following us on Twitch, so I appreciate all the you know people checking us out and stopping by for our streams. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're having fun doing it. Yeah. We're still learning, and I'm, I'm definitely still learning, trying to figure it all out, so we appreciate you guys have the patience to deal with any of the te technical difficulties that I end up having. <laughs> There's always at least one whenever either one of us streams, it seems like, except for the PS5 thing. That was golden. Yes, it was. It was Persona <laughs> 4 golden, which yes. I'll stream. There we go. That's <laughs> there that's, go. My, that's my segue of the year right there. So <laughs> nice. again, and finally, thank you for watching. My name's Barry. My name's Craig. And we'll see you guys next time. All right, later. Later.